0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the War Memorial Opera House on this Sunday, January 30th. It is the first Sunday matinee for San Francisco Ballet's 2011 repertory season. It's great to see you all here. My name is Allison Groves. I'm the Plant Giving Manager at San Francisco Ballet, And I am here to be your interviewer, or Ruben's interviewer, for this Meet the Artist interview. It's a presentation of the Ballet Center for Dance Education. If you go online to sfballet.org, you will find other podcasts of interviews and also a bunch of blogs written by our dancers and ballet masters talking about the season. So do check it out. Now, without further ado, I am delighted to Welcome Ruben Martín Tintas to the stage or the interview today.
1: Nice pronunciation there with the (laughs) Tintas, yeah.
0: You probably recognize uh, Ruben um, from his many years here at the ballet. He is currently a principal dancer. But um, let me tell you a little bit about his past. He is from Spain. He trained at the Escuela Municipal de Danza and then at the Estudio de Danza de Maria Diavola, who is the mother of Lola Diavola, I believe, right. who is our um, head of the school here at the ballet. He danced with the English National Ballet for a few years before joining San Francisco Ballet in 2000. He came as a core member, but was promoted to soloist in 2003 and was named principal dancer in 2006. Since he arrived, he has been in far too many pieces to mention here, but I'll just uh, throw out a few roles that he has had. You've probably seen him as the Prince and the Snow Qu- King in Nutcracker. He has been in many Balanchine pieces, including The Four Temperaments and Symphony in Sea. He has appeared in Artifact Suite by Forsyth, Mark Morris pieces, including Sandpaper Ballet, And uh, Robin's In the Night and West Side Story as well. Mm -hmm. And Thomason's The Fifth Season and Chi Lin. And for this first uh, production here of the season, Giselle, he will be playing Hilarion. So Ruben, tell me a little bit about the role of Hilarion. I'm sure that most people here in the audience have seen Giselle before. But if you could tell us a bit about the character and how you prepare for it.
1: Sure. Um, Hilarion is a, a very tricky character because everybody has this, um, this uh, idea of, of Hilarion as the bad guy of the movie. But um, in reality, he's, um, he's the one that has the truest heart and does everything guided by love. Um, he's the one that basically, I don't want to give too much of the story away, but <laughs> he's the one <laughs> that basically um, just uh, lets Giselle know that even though she has fallen in love with this strange guy, um, he's not of uh, the same um, the same kind of them. You know, it says somebody that comes in from uh, foreign foreign land. The, the 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 He's the duke that comes to the village to basically play and um, get Giselle to, to, get, to fall in love with him. So he, um, on, the only thing he wants to do is out of love and out of his platonic relation with, with this woman, wants to just give her the, the, the truth of the story. So um, by that idea, I think he could be seen as the bad guy, but um, he just basically wants to bring the truth out of all of this for, for her not to get hurt. Because that's basically what he's seeing, Where the story is going a little bit is um, this foreign guy that is coming here to play around and get her to uh, to like him. But you know, he has discovered that's not the case.
0: So it sounds like you put a lot of thought into this character and what his motivations um, are.
1: Yeah, it takes. <laughs> For the role to get understood, I think, um, is, is, is a a good a very good thing to, to have as much research and um, gather through uh, looking at other productions and um, videos of, of the productions that we do here and different characters add up. Um, just little details and little uh, things that create the mood in a much more understood for the audience uh, uh, to, to, to get the the story, the story better, so um, it's, I think it's important to do that.
0: Now, there are several people playing Hilarion in this production, and I'm wondering if you've discussed the interpretation with other dancers who are playing the role, and if any completely disagree with you and have a different interpretation of Hilarion as a really bad guy.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, um, it, was, it was a great help to study the role with um, uh, one of our principal dancers, Pascal Mulat. He had done the role uh, many years um, in the past, and um, while learning the, the steps, um, we discussed the story, and he gave me his, his point of view. Uh, talking to him about this, and also adding up my own research about it, um, we... It, as individuals create our own way of interpret the, the roles and find our, all, our own little um, ways of coming across on the stage. Um, but definitely um, working with, with, the other, with the other dancers is, is great help to have the, a, a more complete way to, um, to um, just to work on the role and to, um, to own it as, a, as an artist.
0: You've played a number of characters, including, well, Hilarion not being a bad guy, as I now understand, but also some princes and and the the heroes. I'm wondering if it's more fun to play a good guy or a bad guy, um, if one is more challenging or satisfying?
1: Fun. I think that the the ability to create a character on stage that's always the fun, the most the most fun that you can have uh, as an artist. Um, there is other technical challenges that uh, the princes especially have uh, have more into their role because of the physicality that comes with it. Um, as an artist, creating the the character uh, is the core of of building up a story, which is in the end what you guys want to see uh, when you uh, enjoy a full-length ballet especially. You want to see a continuity and to be able to achieve that, I think creating the character, a believable character is very, very important. So whatever you do, whether it's a prince or the bad guy or the good guy, um, the supporting roles is it's definitely what I put more attention on. Um, for everybody to to kind of uh, see it more as a story and not so much as a, a technical achievement or a, f- a physical achievement on stage.
0: Now Giselle is a story ballet, but we are not doing only story ballets here right. this season. We've got eight <clears throat> productions coming up and it's a wide variety of material. I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about how the company starts to prepare for the season. When you begin learning new pieces, when you find out what sort of roles you'll be performing in those pieces.
1: Yeah, uh, well, the way that um, that things work in the in the Opera House. Sorry, um, everybody can hear me okay now. Yeah. Um, so the, the 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 way things work in the Opera House um, are so that we share the time um, and the space with the opera. So we get uh, six months of the year in which we have to. Um, all of those productions uh, on stage. So we have uh, our season starts from Nutcracker. And before that, we have a few months in which we're still uh, very much involved and active, uh, but we're basically just preparing all of the ballets that are going to come up On starting to starting yesterday until until May. Uh, we, we put up eight... Eight different programs and all of those especially the new works um, and the works that haven't been done for a few years that um, need to be refreshed so uh, we have all of that um, from July until until December we um, learn choreography we have rehearsal for new people to um, to learn the new pieces and just to create to prepare basically two or three casts for for each piece. So if those ballets specifically have been rehearsed during that time, you will more or less have an idea whether you're gonna you're gonna do them or not. And yeah, that's during during the season we have very short time to um, to prepare the ballets that consti- continuously keep coming on in the different programs. And um, it's good to, to, have, to have had a refresh or to have learned them um, prior to the, to the season because then it's easier on your body and it gives you a chance to, um, to uh, fit them in in your, in your physique better.
0: So you have an idea now of what you'll be dancing in the coming months. Can you tell us a little bit about what those roles are?
1: Um, yes, my season, um, it looks like it's not going to be that active because I had, I was just, I just came back from a, from a long, long-term back back injury, so um, I haven't been able, unfortunately, to uh, take part of some of the new pieces, but uh, some of the pieces that I know I will be um, performing that I'm really excited about um, are pieces like Little Mermaid, which will come back um, at the end of the season. And um, there is a ballet of Helgi called Nana's Lead. It's a story ballet as well that I'm really looking forward to, uh, to dance. Um, there is also a new piece that was choreographed by Christopher Wilden that I had, I was the, uh, I had the, the honor to work with him this year and um, it, looks, it looks really good, so I'm really excited about about those in particular, but I'm sure it will be uh, a few more that haven't been uh, taught at the moment.
0: So when someone like Christopher Wheeldon comes to create a piece on the ballet, is he looking at you in class and thinking, hey, that's someone I can really see in my piece? Are you having conversations with him? How does it come about that you are chosen by a choreographer for a piece?
1: well, he initially, if he, doesn't, if he doesn't know you, obviously, he will come to class. That's the way that most choreographers and people that come to teach um, the productions that we have coming up in the season. That's the introduction for them to get to know the dancers. Um, some, t- some of them like to come to performances to um, see who is doing what and what kind of roles. Are they um, Are they portraying on stage to be able to kind of get an idea of how their their bodies work in relation to the choreography that they're they're thinking of um, to create? So uh, yeah, I think the first ballet that I worked with uh, with Christopher was uh, Continuum, which was created, I believe, in 2002, and um, I was not supposed to be in it because he didn't really know me that well, and it was—I got to learn it because of him coming into class and just basically um, asking about me to uh, Helgi and several other uh, ballet masters in the in the company. And you know, through injuries, sometimes uh, that's how people get their breakthrough chance. um, In some occasions, through injuries, I got to perform the role, and that's how we kind of uh, initiated this um, working relationship.
0: Now, you do perform all different styles here because that's uh, one of the things that the ballet does from modern to Especially classical. Especially this company. And,
1: yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, so is it easy to switch between styles or do you need to prepare or train in a special way, physically or mentally, for different
1: styles? It was easier when, it, when I was like on my 20s. <laughs> but... <laughs> As years are um, coming in, it's, it's getting harder and harder. So for preparation physically, um, it's it's important. Um, it's important to have a good base, obviously of of the classical training, um, which is the core of every every style of, of of dance that we we do here in San Francisco Valley, and. Um, yeah, I would say that cross-training would be probably one of the most important, um, the most important uh, exercises or most important uh, things that you can do in order to kind of get yourself prepared. Because you know, obviously, ballet class we do every day, and it's is the biggest um, the biggest complement to to this kind of uh, to this kind of work. Um, there is some works that are more extreme than others. So uh, for those, um, each individual has to kind of create their own routine or then their own um, ways of getting used to it um, based on their, their own uh, physical abilities. So each, each dancer I think has its own, his own methods to, to be able to, uh, to accomplish this, this challenge but it is, it is hard to switch around. Your body, yeah, your body suffers a lot.
0: <laughs> it doesn't show on stage.
1: Oh, that's, that's what we try. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For those of you who are just joining us, I wanted to let you know that we are speaking with principal dancer Ruben Martin Tintas, and um, I'm going to ask a couple of more questions and then turn to the audience for questions. <laughs> I know that you've had some um, guest appearances with other companies and at galas around the world. And I'm wondering how that experience differs from working with a company that you know very well. Um, you, you know, is there, is there a technique to learning how to dance with someone with whom you've never danced before or does it just come naturally?
1: Right. that's interesting because you don't get them that much time to prepare for for that specific um, performance so um, I think it's important to um, well most of the the parts that I've that I've danced as a guest I've already done before so I I have a a basic idea of um, of how it's gonna feel uh, mentally Um, so it's just uh, kind of being open to their interpretation or idea of the role and kind of like try to apply on yourself. So basically not go against the current, just basically just, you know, be open and, and, and kind of take it in and, and work with it. Um, but yeah, sometimes can get challenging, not much, not much time to prepare things and uh, to work with a partner and things like that. So it's... Um, It's good to especially have a very open attitude. Yeah, smiley face, always.
0: Well, speaking of familiar dancers, you've got one in your family, Moises Martin, who many of you will remember from his years at San Francisco Ballet. And I wanted to ask you what it's like growing up with another dancer in the family that's probably competing for the same roles that you have.
1: Mm, uh, Well, yeah, Moises is is one of... uh, uh, Two other brothers uh, that's, uh, that I have. Uh, we, there's four of us that we started dance at the same time. So uh, not only have competition for one, but three. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't really competition. It uh, it all started by uh, just pure coincidence. Basically, uh, my mom just uh, wanted to keep us busy after school and see. <laughs> She decided to uh, just incorporate us in, in different uh, activities uh, after the school hour. So uh, we were doing things like um, soccer and um, martial arts and uh, basketball, things like that. And she had the idea that um, maybe rhythmic gymnastics would be would be a great thing to. You know, she she had seen that the gymnasts had such a nice posture and. And um, they look so good, you know, just uh, standing there. <laughs> so, thanks, mom. Um, she goes to the teacher and she says, uh, "So, can I can I enroll my kids? I have four. Can I enroll my kids to uh, to your classes?" And and she was like, "Well, the only thing, I mean, I would love to to incorporate your four kids, but the only thing is that this type of gymnastics is, is for girls." So, what are we gonna do about this? Uh, she she said, oh, but wait, there is a, a school, a ballet school down the street, and they just happen to do auditions. Why don't you uh, send your, your kids there and um, and see what they say? You know, it's, it's always, uh, mm, boys in, in Spain are, are pretty rare to find, um, especially at a very young age. So, um, she took us to the ballet school, and of course, for, for boys with uh, facilities and, and qualities, um, they give us a scholarship right away. That's how I started. Um, <laughs> then also she wanted us to have concepts of music, so she took us to music school and instruments and things like that. So we all ended up, uh, one was playing the saxophone, the other one is playing the violin, the other one is playing guitar. Anyways, that's that's how we we started, and then as years uh, went by, um, one after the other, kept leaving the the household and moving away to some foreign country. <laughs> one went to England, the other one went to the United States, the other ones went to Germany, and in the end, the little ones, the twins, um, had to quit. They were they were not really cut for this. You have to be really. Um, you have to love it very much, because otherwise it doesn't it doesn't really pay off. But um, Moises and I continued, and um, after my few years in in uh, England, I was uh, lucky enough to uh, meet him here at the San Francisco Ballet. So it was a, it was a great experience to work with him because, um, as you said, there was. Um, there was this camaraderie between the two of us because we know each other so well, and we just wanted to help each other, um, and give us give us basically as as much feedback, having the knowledge that we both had about what we did. Um, that was the the key for our our relationship um, in at work, and um, I wouldn't say that it was much of a competing relationship. Uh, we were very supportive of each other and we both share some roles but also did um, uh, different types of roles also because of our our uh, characteristics uh, as artists. So it's I really miss him. I really miss him and um, I can say that uh, him being, being where he is, he's dancing now with the Dutch National Ballet, he, he can say the same thing about about me, that he misses what we had here and and the mutual help that we could were able to uh, to give each other in that sense. So I can say that I've, I've been very lucky to to have shared uh, eight years of my career with him. Yeah.
0: Well, I want to open the floor up to questions for Ruben. I will be repeating the questions so everyone can hear them and. Um, please do me a favor and keep them short and concise so that I can actually repeat them properly. I see a question right there. Which musical instrument did you play? play?
1: I attempted to play guitar. Um, Since we were so busy with all of these uh, extra activities, uh, (laughs) I started to go to class and... um, I, I didn't, I, I can't say that I didn't have, I wasn't lucky enough to get a teacher that really got got me in, involved and I felt passionate. Yes. So um, I I think out of the six months, um, I went to like a month worth of classes. Uh, then I just have the decency to show up to the, to the um, end of the year exam. And the guy opens the part, the, 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 um, the, um, how do you say, the, the, st- oh, the, no, the, the the, 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 score. The, score. Oh, the score, there you go, thank you, <laughs> this score, he happens to open this score there, and it's, okay, try to play, <laughs> he starts laughing, <laughs> 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 okay, so thank you, I just wanted to, <laughs> to show on the, on the, on the grace that I, that I showed up, you know,
0: <laughs> other questions?
1: Yes. Oh, uh, this is, uh, yeah, do you want to repeat the question?
0: Sure. Ruben, when he first arrived, was Ruben Martin, and now he is Ruben Martin thintas.
1: Nice pronunciation there, by the way.
0: (laughs) So uh, why the change?
1: Um, Well, that's in honor to my mother. Um, In Spain, uh, we have the The mother and the father's last name on on our passport and uh is registered in 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 everything that requires your your name so um since here in the states it's only um they only take the the first last name of the father usually which is the last name of the family um that's that's what i I just adapted to to the way that they they do it here in the in the united states and um, after a few years of my mom saying, why is my last name not in the, in the program? <laughs> I decided to actually add it up. <laughs> no, 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 it's uh. <laughs> yes. Uh, He's currently dancing with the Dutch National Ballet in Amsterdam. He's been there for three years, four years. It's the fourth year.
0: Other questions? Yes, on the aisle.
1: Um, Were there
0: are there more young men dancing in Spain now than when you were
1: growing up? um, I I couldn't tell you that. I just know that when during my time in growing up in Spain. ballet wasn't as popular as in other countries. Um, so every I, I basically had my training on a mostly on a private on private school. So there was I can say that there was not that um, there was not so much attendance of of male. There was not so much male presence in, in the schools. I think is getting a little bit more popular. Is is opening up a little bit into the, into the, um, into the general public. I wish it could happen a little bit more because um, also due to the economical situation in Spain, ballet is, is in in particular is suffering a lot. So um, there is a lot of uh, people that f- get their formation in Spain and have to move away. Uh, because they, they have nothing to fulfill, fulfill their, their dreams over there. So, yeah.
0: I see a question over here. If you could, dance your, role, if you could um, dance your ideal role, what would it be?
1: Well, I have to say that I've had the pleasure to already have dance a few of my ideal roles. Um, some of them are the heroes in the full length, like she put it before. Um, you just find a different challenge in every role that you portray, whether it's whether it is a, a abstract, pure physical ballet, or a full-length story ballet. Uh, you always get something very special out of working on on the on the process of of preparing these roles. Um, the story, i ba- i I'm more keen of the story ballets just because there's a, a line that you follow, and you're able to portray a character, and also the, the training that I've had, it goes more according to this, to, this, uh, to this classical story balance. But, um, you know, o- it's always a challenge to, um, to prepare this other, more abstract, and you find a lot about yourself doing that too.
0: I think we have time for one more question. For Ah, interesting question. She says, it seems there is a preponderance of females in the company. Do you find it's more difficult to move up through the company as a male when there are perhaps fewer male dancers?
1: Um, if, mm, I, I would say maybe it could be a little bit easier, especially if you show the, the talent and the quality. Um, could be a little bit faster Maybe um, it all depends on obviously the the opportunities that you get to do and how you achieve them um, it also goes very well with with the the, the new uh, choreographers that come in and choose people that's how sometimes people shine through um, so uh, I, I I have to say that if you give the most of yourself and you have um, a minimum of, of quality and, and talent, um, no matter if you're a a, a female or male, uh, that you will eventually you will eventually come through. Uh, it's true that with more quantity, it's always a little bit. It will take maybe a little bit longer to uh, to kind of pick that that, that flower per se. But um, yeah, I think I think maybe in the in the kind of in the time in the time frame it will be probably a little bit a little bit faster to to pick up that pick up that talent that talent.
0: I'm afraid we've run out of time for questions. So I want to thank all of you for coming and to thank Ruben Martin Tintas for being our guest today.
1: Thank you very much. Enjoy the show today.
0: Remember that you can listen to other Meet the Artist interviews online at sfballet.org. Look forward to seeing you next time. Bye.